Do you have repetitive or intense feelings when it comes to anything related to food or body? If so, this is a huge clue that you do, in fact, need to change your thinking patterns. Therefore, listen in to discover what are the most common thinking traps and how to break out of them. Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself, Love Your Life podcast. I am Tammy, your fun-loving and often quirky host. I have been a dietitian for close to 20 years where I've helped countless women transform not only their relationship with food, but more importantly themselves. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to loving your food and yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal wisdom, and recognize that every body, regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because your habits and how you love on yourself is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have real conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through the lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, journaling, and a heaping dose of laughter, maybe some tears, but always a whole lot of realness. Hey friends, it's Tammy Lance, and I have my good friend Beth Basham here. Hey Tammy, so great to be back. Yay, we're going to have a good time today, right? We always do. Yes. All right, well, let's jump in. So today we're talking about how to avoid these common thinking traps. So let's go ahead and get started. Here's the reality, my friends. You can't stop yourself from thinking (laughs) because thinking thoughts are automatic and this is what your brain was designed to do. So just telling yourself not to think is not going to be the solution. However, we do want to highlight some thinking traps that you may or may not be falling into. You're probably falling into them by habit if you are falling into them, but nevertheless, you do need to be aware of these thinking traps because these types of thinking traps will really stall you from stopping maybe hateful thoughts that you may be experiencing towards food or your body. You see, If you really want to change your food reality, you will need to replace any type of irrational thinking with rational thoughts. And the irrational thoughts, like I said, are likely a habit, which are coming from your subconscious part of your brain, but with intentional, rational thinking, you can recognize these patterns and then start to shift them to really help move you forward. So basically what I'm saying is, is we have ways of thinking and patterns of thinking that you can really start to become aware of, but you can't stop yourself from thinking. You're going to think. (laughs) So what we want to do is shift the thinking that you are having. Beth, anything to add there? Help me out here. No, this is good. I love these three types of thinking because we use these a lot when we're talking to our clients and helping them. Oftentimes we don't even know that we're thinking this way. So it's helpful to flex that muscle of awareness as you're going through your day and really writing things down as you go. So as you're hearing these tips today, it might be worth some time to just jot down ways that you might be falling into these thinking traps so you can better identify them as you move forward. 
Wait, what you're saying is that people you're recommending for people to journal. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think journaling is such a good idea. Don't you, Tammy? Yeah, I would say that's a great idea, actually. Definitely take some take some notes, write some things down. But I think what I wanted to reiterate that Beth was probably getting to as well is that these thinking patterns that we're going to talk about today, they're happening on automatic, right? So flexing that self-awareness muscle and then taking time to write it down will help bring some more conscious awareness to it so that you can make those shifts, right? Is that kind of where you were going before I got all excited? Yep, absolutely. Because I know for me, like I've gotten into some of these thinking traps that we're going to talk about today. And I didn't even know I was doing it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until I have, I've had coaches and I've had different people I've worked with help me with that, which is always great. But journaling can also be a really awesome way to, like you said, bring them to the forefront so you can deal with them. Well, and I just want to say from a coaching standpoint, do you sometimes feel like these are our magic powers? What's that? Well, because what happens is when we're talking to others, we can see the thinking trap, but the person who we're talking to likely does not see the thinking trap. And so us as coaches, we can see these patterns and then we can say, do you recognize that you're in this pattern of thinking? And then all of a sudden they're like, wow, oh my goodness, I'm so aware of it now because they couldn't even be aware of it themselves. So I kind of feel like sometimes this is our magic power. And so we're like letting this out of the, out of the bucket. We're letting our magic powers out a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, we might be doing that to a small degree, but you're right. That is, that is what coaching is, is helping shift belief patterns and helping someone step into the most empowered version of themselves. And we do that by shifting some of these things we're chatting about today. So yes, you're just letting the cat out of the bag a little early, but I think it's exciting too. All right, we'll get us started, Beth. What's our first thinking trap that we often see with a lot of the clients that we work with and something that we had basically done in our past as well? Well, and who's to say we don't still from time to time, right, Tammy? Yeah. We're mm-hmm. human. Um, yeah, we talk about this one on the podcast frequently as well. So it might sound familiar, but this thinking trap is that all or nothing thinking. Um, Some people might call it black or white thinking where there's literally like two options. It has to be this or it has to be that. And in diet culture, I mean, diet culture is loaded with all or nothing thinking, right? Just think good food, bad food lists or, you know, how to do the exercise the right way or the wrong way. There seems to be a lot of writing and wronging on people (laughs) in diet culture. So all or nothing thinking shows up a lot. And if you've been submerged into diet culture for any period of time, it's likely that you have gotten caught up in some of this all or nothing thinking. I remember when I was in diet culture, Tammy, it was like literally like if I took one bite of cake, I would basically just defeated everything I'd worked on the entire week, right? <laughs> and I couldn't just have one bite of cake. I had to eat none of it or all of it. Mm -hmm. Right. There was no going back. It's yeah. So I don't know if you want to add to that a little bit with any other examples, but it's, it's very, very all or nothing black or white. I think one that I fell into at one point, and I know a lot of people resonate with this is that lovely scale 
that number on the scale of you get on the scale. If it's up, (laughs) you're having a bad day. You did bad. You made bad choices, right? Whereas if the scale is down a little bit, even if it's just pound or whatever, then today was going to be a good day and you had made good choices, right? And so it just, it really fit into this kind of dichotomy of it's this way or it's that way. There's nothing in between, right? Of kind of the middle ground or or the gray and what ends up happening, the result of this kind of more perfectionism type thinking is it leads to self-punishing behaviors because the reality is, is trying to fit this all, all the time is leading us towards wanting to achieve this perfection. And that perfection is not maintainable or attainable for any human, but yet we've been kind of led to believe that we're supposed to be on the higher side, the all, all the time. Right. But then, you know, we're human and so we're not perfect. And so we have a flaw and then we just boop drop right down into the complete opposite. The pendulum just swings completely. And then that's when we get into more punishing behavior. So for example, oh, scale went up. I must now restrict all day today. And I'm not allowed to have this. I'm not allowed to have that. And I'm supposed to this, you know, and you can like start basically punishing yourself or on the flip side, the scale is behaving the way that it's supposed to, or the way that you want it to. And then you're like, wow, I can go all out and they can go eat out finally with my family or what have you. And then the next day the scale's bad. And so then it just flips you. It's, it's just, it just never works. It's just this constant struggle. And so the solution, like Beth had already said, was flexing that awareness to say, you know, where is this happening? Because the reality is, is if you've had one of these experiences that Beth or I have talked about, you're likely experiencing it in other realms of your life because it's just a thinking pattern. It's not just attributed to food and body. It can be attributed to basically about anything in your life. And it, it probably is causing you a lot of stress. <laughs> And so if you're able to identify it, you can start shooting for a little bit more of that middle ground and just really letting go of things have to be this way or that way. Yeah. Another way to say it is going for the gray or black or white thinking, right? (laughs) The common ground or that middle ground might be a combination of the two. It's that gray. And the way that this shows up with food is is really starting to let go of your old all or nothing dieting rules, you know, that you may have had in the past or maybe currently have and starting to allow yourself to eat foods that were, you know, maybe always restricted. I know for me for a period of time, that was like all the sugar. And then while you're doing that, you're checking your thoughts to be sure that they're supporting your choices. So, um, you know, a lot of us have a lot of rules around foods. This is one place you can start to practice some gray thinking is by giving yourself permission to eat the foods on the bad food list with awareness and with intention that you're starting to shift, you know, you're starting to monitor at least where your brain is going. So then you can begin to start to shift and change those thoughts. Yeah. Thank you for that adage. And let's go ahead and switch over to kind of our second pattern that we oftentimes come up and that we can observe is catastrophic thinking. And so catastrophic thinking is really is demonstrated through if you're thinking in a very exaggerated way, right? Meaning 
I will never like my body or I'm never going to be able to get the job or the spouse or the partner because of my body, or I'm never going to be healthy. Right. If I like it, it just, it's these big, huge, exaggerated thinking patterns that can feel, I just want to honor that too. It can feel very real. I mean, these feelings feel very real. So Beth and I are not coming on here to say, don't be thinking this way. Don't be feeling that way because it is very normal that you would be maybe experiencing this type of thinking, but what that thinking pattern is leading to is some really grand, miserable feelings, right? And you may end up compensating with some really kind of extreme behaviors. Is there anything you would add to this, Beth? Well, I think that catastrophic thinking also can leave us really deflated and defeated like we don't even have a chance. And this is where I see those who are embarking intuitive eating who fall into catastrophic thinking. Something happens where the result isn't what they expected and they go into catastrophic thinking and then they say to themselves, I can't do this. This intuitive eating thing isn't for me because because I'll never like my body because it's hopeless. And that keeps them stuck and it keeps them from moving forward onto a very empowering journey that could (laughs) completely change their life. So I would, you know, recognizing not, you know, not saying you can't feel these things because we all do. We all go into these thinking patterns, right? I go into catastrophic thinking to this day about things (laughs) and with the level of awareness that I've cultivated, I can also step back and say, Ooh, look at how that's impacting my ability to make a choice to move towards the thing that gives me pleasure or gives me satisfaction. Um, And so I I just have more opportunity to play with that with the awareness piece. So we're not saying don't think the things, but we are encouraging you to to see yourself moving into this catastrophic thinking pattern when it happens, because it inevitably will happen to all of us. But it's a matter of saying, oh, how is that affecting my ability to move forward with the intuitive eating journey with whatever, you know, you are dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for anybody who's listening, if you're still wondering, "Hmm, do I get into catastrophic thinking? And we've provided a few examples, but I want to provide another very tangible example with food. You know, if you've ever said, if I let myself eat any ice cream, I will never stop. So the, the key there is that word never that would mean that that would be very catastrophic, meaning you eat a little bit of ice cream and that would literally, that statement would actually mean you would never stop, meaning you would be eating ice cream for breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, like all day long. And the reality is, is if you allowed yourself to eat ice cream, you would end up, your body would regulate into a point where you would eventually stop eating the ice cream. Now you may need to eat more ice cream in the beginning in order to trust that you can still have it. There's a lot of nuances there within intuitive eating that we could talk about. But what I'm more wanting to point out is that if you say, I will never stop, it's that word never that highlights catastrophic type thinking. And so what you can do is you can start to replace some of those thoughts, notice that that those type of words and shift to hopefulness. And so a more true statement with, if I let myself eat ice cream, I will never stop. A more true statement there may be that 
if I let myself start eating ice cream right now, I'm nervous about how much I may eat. And that would soften the thinking. And that gets to a little bit more reality in fact. And then you're able to dig into that a little bit more and start to ask yourself things like, you know, maybe why am I nervous? What can I tell myself about being nervous? You can practice self-talk. You can practice regulating your emotions. And so as you can see, by shifting just that tiny little word and having that awareness of the thinking pattern, you have other avenues to basically go down versus don't let myself every ice cream. And if I do, I just go overindulge and then I fall into the shame and guilt pattern right afterwards. Anything you would add to that one, Beth? I love that example, Tammy. I thought that was really good because we see this a lot with women who are getting started on the intuitive eating journey or have been practicing for a while. Like it can sneak up on anybody. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I don't have anything to add right now. Okay. Well, I think that kind of segues into our, our third thinking pattern that we also see, and this has to do with language as well. (laughs) And the thinking pattern that comes up is it's called absolutist type thinking And before I describe it too much, I just want to kind of highlight that you can easily know if you're an absolutist type thinking because of any of these types of words that you're using, such as musts, ought, shoulds, need tos, supposed tos, and have tos. So if you're thinking, you know, I must (laughs) eat perfect for two months before the vacation or else I won't enjoy my vacation that's creating an absolute. What other examples would you have, Beth, for things that come up in these types of thinking patterns? Well, this is where perfectionism stems from. And I can say that because I am a recovering perfectionist myself. And every word that Tammy just mentioned, the shoulds, the musts, the oughts, have been a strong part of my identity and who, and the way that I've operated for much of my life. So this one like really hits home for me, Tammy, because I definitely am a, am recovering from that space of shooting on myself. We hear that a lot. I hear that a lot in coaching calls. I should like, even when it comes to intuitive eating, mm-hmm. like I should be eating more slowly or I should be turning my TV off. We can actually fall into absolute, we can fall into any of these thinking patterns when we embark on the journey. But I find that this absolutist or this shooting on ourselves shows up a lot, even when you're learning the principles, like I should be over diet mentality by now. I should love my body by now. I'm not doing it right until I love my body. I, you know, I must blah, 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 blah. You know, it goes on and on and on, and it can actually seep into these other destructive thinking patterns so I, I find that this one is a really common one. So it's, it's one that also I had to be coached on and someone just be like, Hey, Beth, <laughs> you're shitting on yourself again. Ah, oh, crap. You know? <laughs> so, and you know, what's fun is with Beth and I working together, we sometimes coach each other. We catch each other. We're totally. like, hey, hey, did you recognize that you just said blah, 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 blah. And we're like, Oh my goodness. You're right. I did. So having self-awareness is extremely valuable and you are going to have more self-awareness after listening to this episode, but having somebody else (laughs) who can help you is even more valuable because sometimes these things just slip right out. You don't even know that they're happening because again, they are such a habit. They've been around for so long. It can just happen. And 
with this absolutist type thinking, the solution is to, again, you know, be listening for those types of words and then instead shift the word. So instead of saying, I should slow down more at my meals, right? We can say, hmm, for the most part, I'm going to start slowing down with my meals. Or maybe I'll start slowing down for my meals a few days a week, right? We want to be more gentle on ourselves because as soon as we use these absolute type words, if we don't achieve whatever it is that we said we were going to achieve, it immediately evokes guilt, which can turn into shame. And the whole purpose of embarking on the intuitive eating journey is to release guilt and shame from your food and your body. And so if you're continuing to use these words, you're going to stay stuck in the patterns of guilt and shame and you won't break free. So this is extremely important in in my humble opinion. Oh, I would agree with you, Tammy. And one word that really helps me and helps the clients I work with is shifting from that should or that ought or that must to the word I intend to, like I intend to slow down with food at my next meal. Um, it's a little softer. It's a little more per- permissive or flexible when we say, uh, when we set an intention, because there's less uh, like guilt and shame that can stem from that statement, at least for me. I mean, you have to try, thing is you have to try on language that works for you too. So it's not just noticing the shoulds, but it's also noticing the feeling of how that statement makes you respond and feel. So for me, I intend to blank feels more empowering than I should do this thing. So I don't know if that's helpful for anyone listening, but it's helped me a lot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So just to recap really quick, the three different common thinking traps, right. That we oftentimes see come up is one, it's the all or nothing type thinking. Two is the catastrophic thinking. And three is the absolutist type thinking. So here's your transformational takeaway for this episode. Your thinking patterns are habitual, but you can change them through using self-awareness, adopting flexible thinking, and making small but powerful shifts. That is a wrap for today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for taking precious time out of your day to connect here. You listened because there is some part of you that is interested in learning to love your food, love yourself, and love your life. But if you're like most women, you have already been down this road before, wishing, hoping, and wanting for something to finally actually work, but things don't change. That being said, if you're committed to creating long-term change, then whatever you do, consider joining our brand new Uplift community. It's a private and safe Facebook community where you're supported by peers and two professional dietitians and intuitive eating counselors. Again, thank you so much for being here. Much love.